Hi guys, Jenny here. This is just to say, don't worry about the fact that I'm not in this episode, life and time zones happened, and I wasn't able to record with Anne and Aideen for this very special Viva episode. So join me in congratulating Dr. Anne Mahler, and welcome back to PhD Pending. Hello and welcome to PhD Pending, a podcast for early career humanities scholars. Each episode, we'll discuss a different aspect of PhD life, sharing both the ups and downs so that all you other PhDs out there can see that you're not alone, and so that those of you considering a PhD can get an idea of what you're in for. I'm Jenny, I'm a 19th century British romanticist. I'm Anna, and I research trauma in contemporary literature. I'm Aideen, and I research 19th century Irish women's fiction. And this is PhD Pending. Hello everyone and welcome back to this mid-season bonus episode of PhD Pending. Since our last episode, Anne has passed her virtual Viva and since we're still in the iron clutch of COVID, we want to share the experience with you in case your Viva was just moved online and you don't know what to expect. So Anne, congratulations first off. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. (laughs) I'm still walking through the trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very apt considering your your thesis subject area is trauma theory. (laughs) Luckily enough, I should be an expert now, but it's it hasn't been helping. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose to start off, how long was the turnaround from submission of your actual thesis to the Viva process? Um, right. So I submitted in late September, and I had the Viva in the first week of December. So usually they say it's about six to eight weeks. But I think what happened in the period between my submission of the thesis and my Viva was that there was so much confusion about if we would have a hybrid Viva, if we could have an actual Viva in person, or if it was a virtual Viva, that this just prolonged the process a small bit. Yeah. And because of that, it took a bit longer. So in terms of weeks, it was about eight to ten-ish weeks, I'd say. But yeah, it's a bit longer than usual. And in terms of the hybrid Viva then, would that have looked like you and your supervisor together in a room, just him with a mask on and then everyone else video? Yeah, um, essentially, yeah. So what we were saying at the beginning was because my extern would call in from Belgium, it was always clear that he wouldn't be able to come over and quarantine here first and then have the Viva with us. So it was always a case of someone will have to phone in one way or the other. And it would have been a case of the intern, my supervisor and the independent chair being Mm. in one room and then just the extern um, kind of calling in through Teams or Zoom um, and then hold the Viva like that. That was the original plan um, for the hybrid Viva. Obviously, that didn't happen then because Ireland went into uh, tier five and exams told us, you know, there's only one way that we will allow you to have a Viva and this is having it completely virtual. Yeah, but you would have obviously preferred hybrid. Yeah, it would have been nice. Um, Now looking back at it, I don't think it was that bad. Just in terms of, you know, I was home that morning, I could have a relaxing coffee, I went for like my walk, like I would usually go. And it wasn't that stressful, oh, I have to get ready and get out of the house feeling. Yeah, it was just the, oh, you know, I can get ready, I can just still wear my yoga pants and then sit down at my desk (laughs) with with my setup, you know, and just like it was it's early December right so it's cold the campus isn't heated so 
all these things were kind of playing on my mind. What if I sit in this room for two hours, freezing my butt off, not being able to think properly because I'm so cold. <laughs> all of these things kind of played on my mind. <laughs> so in terms of how you actually prepare for a viva, where do you even begin? Because obviously everyone assumes, oh, well, if I wrote the thesis, then... I'll know how to prepare, but actually I can't remember what I wrote two chapters ago. So how do you even start to go through it and prepare? Yeah, so it's you have to be really aware that you are not studying for an exam. That was the one main issue I had. I kept catching myself thinking, you need to know this by heart. You need to know this theory by heart. You need to know this quote by heart. When it's in fact, it's just about you knowing your thesis very well. And not just in terms of what you've written, more in terms of uh, reflecting on what would you've done differently? What is good about this chapter? Is there any, you know, issues that looking back you would have changed? Or was there anything in the writing process um, that stood out? But just really scrutinizing your own work as if you were marking someone else's almost, if that makes sense. Because that those are kind of the questions that you can expect. But what I actually did prep was that I I divided the work up. During my work day, I would reread the thesis over and over and over again. I would reread the most important theory that I used because most of that I hadn't looked at in like months or even years, right? Especially <laughs> like the first the first couple of chapters. That was 2017. I don't know what 2017 Anna read. <laughs> uh, so I went back to to read those and then doing my quote-unquote leisure time at night, uh, my bedtime reading, would be all my primary texts. So I would reread all my primary texts. And it was a bit of a disheartening experience because rereading these primary texts, knowing what I know now, there's so many quotes that would have fit better into Yes. <laughs> that would be the fear, wouldn't it? If it like made you cancel the viva. I want to do it again. <laughs> Let me just rewrite two thirds of it and I'll get back to you in about two weeks. <laughs> yeah, so um, these are kind of the three parts that I did, but I did start studying quite early for it. And I don't think that was necessarily a good thing because it stressed me out more in terms of I started to forget stuff that I've read about three weeks yeah. ago you know and especially since it was a bit of a long longer turnover turnaround I just I just forget things very quickly so I actually took some time off in between where I didn't look at any of the stuff focused on teaching and all the other work and then had like two-ish three-ish weeks where I sat down every day read the theory read my thesis and then at night read the primary texts and that was mainly how I prepped yeah and, but did that not drive you mad if you found typos and stuff? <laughs> See, that was the thing. I have not found a typo to this day. <laughs> and oh my that's, God. That's, that's what freaks <laughs> me out. over mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, the best recommendation for that that I can give is have Word read the thesis out to you. You catch so many mistakes with that. I'm sure there's tons of typos in there and it's just a testament to my skim reading that I just cannot see them. <laughs> <laughs> it just means that I'm not reading my thesis right. 
But no, you're right, because I think everyone uses Grammarly or Editor or the spelling grammar function, but it doesn't spot everything. So that's actually a very good That's it. And it's so crushing because this computer voice reads it out to you. But if you read along with it, it, it takes a while, but you really catch a lot of mistakes. Because even if, you know, your brain kind of goes into, oh, I'm just kind of, my eyes are just moving along the line, but I'm not actually reading. When you hear it, you you can just hear the mistakes immediately. And this kind of two sensory approach to editing, I thought was really helpful. Massive mental health impact because it wasn't a great experience at all. But but overall quite helpful. (laughs) But then how how did you even prep your workspace? Because obviously the thesis is massive. And then the amount of have, I mean... I know not everyone prints off notes or they might print some articles and have loads, but it's still, regardless, you're going to have a huge amount. So how do you even prep your workspace so that it's not overly intimidating looking at how much you have to revise? Well, for the actual Viva, I had a list of possible questions ready. And, you know, in our PhD community, there's this document that circles around, it's called a Viva prep document, and former PhD students have put some of the possible questions that they got in their Vivas into that document. And I took that document to my supervisor, I went over all the questions with him, and we kind of, you know, decided on a couple that might be worth studying and revising and coming up with answers to. So I prepped those and I wrote them on little post-it notes and I popped them behind my laptop on the wall. Uh, So I had that ready. My thesis, I annotated. I had little, what are they called? The flaggy (laughs) things, the neon flaggy things. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I don't know what you think you're miming, but it's not what I'm seeing. (laughs) Oh, no. I put different colored tabs on the most important bits so um, I could find stuff easily. So I had a color for the chapter arguments. I had colors for every um, literature review um, and I had colors for the figures, um, specific color and just like a general outline of, um, of the thesis in my, in my introduction. So I would be able to get to bits quickly. And that was actually helpful because whenever the the examiners were kind of referring to specific pages. I could just easily jump to these bits and I knew exactly where something was. And especially since it's like such a chunky, chunky boy, the thesis is Quite a chunky big, boy. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt like that really, really helped. Um, and of course, then I had water, I had hot water, I had coffee, I had a banana, I had biscuits. And yeah, that was essentially how I prepped the workspace itself I had everything cleaned because I'm just that person you know clear space clear mind but then again that is so personal so what works for me doesn't necessarily mean that it works for you um I have to have the heating on I have to have a blanket you know just to feel cozy so yeah Yeah. it's it's a very you know you just have to make sure that nobody busts into the room asking if they can hoover (laughs) oh I may as well just move out so because (laughs) (laughs) Of peace in this house. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, until your viva, everything's going to be resolved, and you'll be able to go back to campus. <laughs> I th- I meant to tell you this is a this is just a short brief. So when 
my boyfriend was watching the Man United match the other night and I was upstairs and just it's always chaos my dad finds it the funniest thing ever because he's like he's going to give himself a heart attack one of these days because he just shouts and roars and screams <laughs> and he like came up <laughs> into the room like head hanging and I was like oh I forgot the match was on which like means I have to deal with this now because they lost <laughs> and he came in and he goes I was like Jesus dude you'd swear you trained for this match yourself I was like, oh. I was like, it's not like, and he goes, it's exactly, how would you feel if it was your viva? And I was like, it's not the same. And he was like, it's exactly the same. <laughs> so there we go. The, the pain, <laughs> the the pain goes really deep. <laughs> yeah, so if, if I'm doing my viva on the day, there's a Man United match. God help me. Um, <laughs> do you know what, what we're going to do? Uh, he's just going to come over to our house. And our partners are going to watch it together downstairs. Oh, God, leave them in there. It'll be like, literally like throwing a grenade in and walking away. <laughs> and they can both wear their shirts, you know, and they can have cans. And it's going to oh, be... God, don't mention the shirt. His, his peeled off the number on the back and it was my fault, <laughs> even though I didn't wash it. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, slight reprieve. Um, so just quickly, because obviously you're you're talking about the questions you prep for. So before I go into, mm. was that any good? Um, <laughs> was there any meeting you had to have to test the simple things? Because obviously it's a virtual Viva before you got to the Viva stage. Yeah. Um, so what happened was that a week before, around the exact same time, our my intern had scheduled a test call on Teams, which was the platform that we used to, to hold the Viva and the... My intern was there, my supervisor was there, my extern was there, and the independent chair was there. And you know that from online teaching, we are used to everyone having their cameras off. And then I had four people stare at me all at once. And <laughs> <laughs> such an unnerving experience. Yeah. Because obviously, obviously, I'd never met my extern. And... So that that was the first time of me meeting him, and I was just like, "You need that's to make a good say, impression." That's so weird. I would have thought like, because obviously in a normal five, you'd go in, you wouldn't have met them before, surely. So that must have been so strange. Oh God! And it was only a five minute call, but I swear I was more nervous going into this test call than I was for the actual viva. Because yeah. for the actual Viva, I knew what to expect. It was a case of, right, we're going in, this is the procedure, start with the questions. Mm-hmm. For the test call, I was just like, are we are we, are we just going to, you know, have a small talk? Are we going to just test the mics and then leave? What's, will I, do you know? And then you, you had this awkward thing where everyone was talking at the same time. And then everyone stopped oh. at the same time. And then there was the <laughs> silence. And then people started talking again. And it was... <laughs> so it's everyone saying, no, you go ahead. Oh, yeah. sorry. Follow at the same time. <laughs> I was gonna say as well it must be hard to know you know because it's like oh this is my first impression but you don't want to be overly eager because they'll be like oh look at her trying to brown nose to me already but you don't want to be cold either because they're like this bitch Um, it was so hard and uh, way more I, I had sweaty palms and everything I feel like this made me way more anxious than than the actual viva itself because then it wasn't really the pressure to make small talk and like leave a nice impression then it was just about the work you know yeah mm. yeah yeah so, so, so and that that was only a five minute call really it was only the the um, independent chair talking us through the procedure and everyone saying yeah we can hear you fine and that was kind of it and then we'll see you next week and then my extern left it with uh, yeah no other questions but we will have loads of questions for you next week and I was like great that's that's it's my <laughs> night's sleep out of the window for the next seven days <laughs> 
That's so ominous. It's like, it's like oh. in a in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> or like, as in you're just really interested. <laughs> or will you rip me apart? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> So that was a bit unnerving, but overall the test call I feel like was I put more stress on it than there should have been really. Yeah. And then how long was the viva then? The call was only about five minutes. How long was your actual viva? The actual viva was so there's a whole process to to how this works, right? So on this call, I was going in and out of a call that was ongoing for a couple of hours. So the intern and extern would meet first. So we had all one scheduled meeting. They would meet first about 45 minutes, an hour before I would pop in. And they would kind of chat about, you know, they had their strategy laid out already, but they would just chat about some last minute things. would talk to the independent chair then and then, you know on the hour I would join, my supervisor would join. And that's when when the actual Viva time started. And that was about an hour forty five minutes. For us in the for us in the humanities, it, it should be around an <laughs> hour. Take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> an hour, an hour and a half. And halfway through I just looked at the clock and I was like, You only have fifteen minutes to go. Little did I know I had a four hour ahead of me still. Oh Jesus <laughs> Yeah, so I had it for an hour, 45 minutes, and then I left the car. They all stayed on the car and discussed, uh, which is essentially when, you know, in person you leave the room and they have a discussion about your performance and, you know, the, the final result. And then asking you back into the room and the asking you back into the room was my supervisor calling me on my phone but my phone had been acting up so I took the call I could hear him he couldn't hear me then I tried to call him back he could hear me but I couldn't hear him (laughs) then I texted him going will I come back or do you just want to have a chat (laughs) and he just said yes please come back and I rushed upstairs and the period between me leaving the car and them asking me back was about 20 minutes so it wasn't really long it didn't feel long at all and I was gonna say would that not feel like forever (laughs) well yeah I just had to decompress for a while so my partner was waiting downstairs and he was like and and I was like no (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't as great as we thought (laughs) oh no so were any of the questions you prepped asked then yeah no not not really I mean (laughs) usually what I was told is that you know usually they open with like a nice simple question right something like how did you come about your research topic you know, anything that you found super interesting, like this was really nice. And um, the way mine kind of worked was that they pointed out all the nice things, which was so great at the beginning. I just felt, yeah, you know, this boost of confidence, this could actually go really well. They're pointing out all the nice things, but then the big butt came. (laughs) (laughs) But of course there were some issues, which, you know, I expected. I didn't go into this thinking this is going to be a no correction situation you know yeah. i just I, I just didn't want to assume that and i i knew there would probably be some issues so i knew there would be there would be some and i think my first question was um looking back at the work now knowing what you know now what would you do differently and i think that's quite a hard question to 
kick off the Viber itself because it asks you immediately to be very self-reflective, you know, and that was fine. And then everything that I had prepped in terms of like theory sometimes came in handy just for background knowledge. But the questions were mostly about, you know, very much meta. Why did you use this approach? Why did you come up with this argument? Why do you have this figure here? And explain to me the process. And then the second part was more about explain to me your reading of this theorist. Uh, Here's something that we disagree on. And that's the bit where the defense part really comes in. It is a defense of your thesis, right? So you need to strike a balance between acknowledging that there's different readings from different people and that everyone reads the theory and the literature differently. Yeah. Uh, But at the same time, kind of standing over your own reading. And there's a couple of things that uh, my extern and myself disagreed on, and just in terms of how we read theory, which is completely normal, right? And yeah, it's personal preference or instinct or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's something that you probably encountered in supervisor meetings as well, yeah, right? I think, yeah. I mean, a lot of my supervisor meetings is probably like, are you sure? And we go, yeah, and then come back with my tail between my legs going, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no there are there are elements where you're like no I really feel passionately about this thing (laughs) yeah exactly and there's like certain close readings that I did where we just disagreed and it was just a good conversation to have but on a very challenging level you know you had to be on the entire time yeah and then it went back and forth between my extern and my intern it's kind of how it worked my intern was looking more at the actual primary texts and obviously because the extern is the expert in the theory field we had more theory-based discussions that's kind of how it went and do you feel it's evenly split between intern and extern do you feel like they both contribute or do you feel like the intern is more of kind of a support from the department perspective that's not your supervisor? So they're a bit unbiased, but a little bit biased. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's definitely what it felt like. I felt very supported by my intern. I also felt supported by my extern. It was just a different dynamic because they were a bit more inquisitive. And not to say that my intern wasn't inquisitive. I just felt like the questions, because they were not that theory based, but more based on the actual readings were a bit easier to manage yeah because as we all know dealing with theory can be quite difficult and dense a wormhole yeah Uh, yeah very much so very much so so um in that regard I felt like I could ease up a small bit the way it worked for me was that my extern started with a chunk of questions my intern went on with another chunk of questions and then my extern came back with another chunk of questions and it's really nice because they ask you in between do you want to take a break do we just want to reconvene in five minutes but at that stage I was just like do you know what if I take a break now I'm not going to come back to it because this is actually really hard and I yeah. just want to cry in the, in the yeah. corner of my room um so I was like no we'll just keep going until we're done and then you know that's fine that's kind of how it was split it was like extern first intern then and then extern again to close it off so what happened after then you know when you got called back into the room how does that conversation even begin do you get told straight away you know minor major no corrections blah blah or yeah there was a a bit of chit chat before uh, before because of the technological difficulties that we had um getting me back onto the car so it was like that was a bit and then they didn't 
come out with it straight away was like yeah here are some of the good things here are some of the not so good things and I was like can you please just say it <laughs> <laughs> am I a DR or not <laughs> oh no she what is happening because especially one of the last questions in the actual Viva discouraged me a small bit right because one thing that you might get asked is if you want to publish the thesis as a monograph And I was like, yeah, sure, I would really like that. And my ex goes, yeah, um, I definitely agree. There's like really good stuff. And I think it would be quite successful as a monograph. However, you would have to rewrite or not rewrite, but like, you know, change, make considerable changes. And that was the moment where I was like, that's it. It's an H dip. Yeah. It's, do you know, that was just the last nail in the coffin. So in that regard, it was a bit of a tense experience, but obviously you have to make these changes and probably considerable changes because the structure of a thesis is different to that of a monograph. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So when you're in that mind frame and particularly if it was tough going for an hour and 45 minutes, someone saying that is going to, you're not going to see it in terms of practical sense. It needs to be changed. It's going to be, oh, he hates it. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. That that, that foreshadowing. That's what's going to happen. When well, actually, it's just bluffing to try and make you even more surprised when. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they just tell you, you know, it's, it's a pass with minor corrections. And then it all goes just into the normal procedure mode. The um, and the independent chair comes on and, you know, chats through when you will get the changes and um, the suggested edits and the notes. And then you just say thank you and just a bit of chit chat oh what are you gonna do now are you gonna stay in academia and I'm, I I would like to <laughs> but have you seen the market recently <laughs> yeah <laughs> so a bit of general chit chat and then it just gets close and that's essentially it and in terms of because I think sometimes as well people uh, naturally of course will panic and I remember speaking to one of the people who did a a PhD in our office before and they told me you know you you panic if you hear major because sometimes they'll say major when it's actually just a load of minor um or it could be just shuffling a chapter around like so so did you find you were surprised by how much was edits were in the minor or did you find them very minor because I think it can flip it could be a load of load of corrections in minor <laughs> but they're <laughs> small changes so yeah, I was surprised to see that when I went through um, the actual corrections sheet that we had talked about everything in the Viva, everything that they kind of marked up as changes we had discussed, which I was surprised about. And I don't even know why, because it's so obvious. Of course, we would talk about these things. Uh, yeah, it, it was just one of these where my brain just wouldn't connect point A and point B. Yeah, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a good system in that you're not going to be confused and be like, why would I have to change that? But but yeah, I suppose when you see it in full list, you're like, Jesus. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. So my list is more like, you know, meta stuff. You need to think about this. You need to, you know, rework this. It, it wasn't so much based in in line 10 on page 54, you know, change this. It's more like a general, here are some suggestions um, that you need to, or that you need to work in and all of that we have chatted about in the Viva itself. So nothing really came as a surprise. And for minor corrections, at least in our system, I have three months now to uh, put all the changes in. So definitely more than enough time 
uh, to get everything sorted. Yeah. And again, no surprises, which of course would happen, but it's just nothing that you think about in that moment. Yeah. And just as well, I'm wondering what happens if you don't do those changes and you just submit it? Jesus, imagine. Because <laughs> you never hear people doing it. People obviously just are like, Jesus, I passed. Let's just do them and get on with it. But I I'm wonder just like, if you were like, no, I don't think I will. What would actually happen? I do you know what? I just, I just, away. I just don't, I just don't agree. Yeah, you just wouldn't get the degree. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Or they I mean, would just mark it down it, to your own teenage. Like, I'm not. Yeah, let's let's not do that. I'm not suggesting. <laughs> <laughs> just me just spitballing. <laughs> So I felt a bit daring today and I just resubmitted <laughs> the exact same thing. <laughs> Thank you for your suggestions and comments. <laughs> I decided not to take them on board. <laughs> Signed Dr. Anna Malik. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you could be like Trump just declare yourself a doctor. Yeah. Even that's if you're it. not yeah. a doctor. Yeah. So I suppose it's been a while. This is a bonus question that you haven't seen. It's not that exciting. But I'm just wondering now that you've had, because obviously it was a very stressful day, mm. long day. I'm mm-hmm. sure it even feels longer than it is. Now mm. that you've kind of had some time to away from it, you've started the corrections. Are you feeling far more, I suppose, positive about the experience? Or are you still like, God, that was still so hard? <laughs> yeah, just looking back, I'm just really glad it's over. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because if I had known, obviously you know you go in kind of knowing that it's going to be hard, right? You're like it's, but you can't really grasp just what that means exactly. Yeah. It's like when you're having a baby and you know labor is going to be painful, <laughs> but you don't know how painful. And I mean, obviously both of us don't have babies, say. so, so... <laughs> you speak from experience. <laughs> <laughs> but like just in just in terms of. You expect something to be hard and difficult, but as long as you're not in that position or haven't been in that position yet, you just don't know what that means, you know, what that actually means. So looking back and, you know, I'm just glad it's over. It was definitely a hard experience, but I didn't expect anything less just given how much weight the degree has. So of course it would be hard. And again, it's like, it's personal as well, right? It depends on your intern, it depends on your external, it depends on your work. That's just my experience. But I think, uh, just looking back at it now, it was overall a good experience. It was just hard. And uh, having your work interrogated like that, you have to be really careful to, you know, acknowledge that, of course, there will be issues with your work. There's no chance that you can be arrogant and say, listen, my work is the shit. And... I don't acknowledge you expert in the field, you know, I don't really acknowledge what you say. You have to be very, you know, um, you have to be very careful to acknowledge that. And most of the points that they will tell you are valid. Of course, they're valid. You know, they know way more than you do. And everyone brings their own kind of experiences to the table, which makes it so interesting. It's like, the more I think about it, I went in with this attitude of also take it as a chance to talk to two experts in the field about your work yeah and this will be the only time that remember when your mom tried to frame the journal that you published an article in (laughs) the only time someone's actually going to read it (laughs) this is the only time (laughs) that's the only time someone actually is gonna read your work yeah and I just really appreciate that I had the chance and that someone an expert really read 
my stuff in depth and took the time to talk with me about it. And that's kind of how I try to reframe the the whole experience to make it positive. And not to mention the tension migraine that I had that ensued half an hour after everything was over. Because <laughs> yeah. apparently I had loads of bottled up tension in me. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, why aren't you drunk yet later that night? And you were like, oh, I have a headache. I was like, get up and pour yourself a glass of Prosecco. <laughs> It's going to make everything worse, uh, better. <laughs> yeah, of course, um, if you have a virtual viva, then that means that you can't really go out and celebrate. Yeah, I know. It's it's a bit of a pain. Yeah, but, look, but then again... Something yeah. we could do after, after, in the after times. That's it. And I wasn't even too mad because I am 30 now and it was quite an exhausting experience. Mm-hmm. So I did appreciate just sitting on the couch, <laughs> sipping away on Prosecco eating tiramisu and watching netflix yeah it was actually not too bad i didn't yeah. mind it at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah guilt-free netflix for the first time ever in three years in, probably <laughs> right yeah <laughs> so um that was a really nice experience we had a nice dinner and you still make sure that you celebrate in some shape way or form and then get out go for a walk you know just clear your head because again you forget that you sat down for ages as well yeah you know just get some exercise that would be my best recommendation well look i suppose now this is as good a time as any to announce that uh, dr anna maller can no longer be on the podcast because she's bitched out and gotten her phd (laughs) it's no longer pending and no she's now a pending whatever is next so she's still very much next So we hope you enjoyed this mid-season bonus episode and we'd love to hear about your own virtual Viva experiences or pre-COVID time Viva experiences. So make sure to reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram at phdpendingpod or send an email to phdpendingpod at gmail.com. And do you have any last words of wisdom you'd like to say? Um, Or do you only um... respond to Dr. Anne now? (laughs) (laughs) I said it to some of my friends. I was like... (laughs) I only respond to to doctor now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it would just be to don't mourn so much that you can't have an actual viva. Embrace the situation and situation as it is. Don't waste energy on um, thinking about, oh, I rather would have had an actual viva. Just really be in the moment and focus on what you can do best with the cards that you got dealt with. You know, it's it's nobody's fault that we're in the middle of a pandemic. And uh, whereas you can mourn that you kind of didn't have the actual experience, make sure that you make the most out of the virtual Viva experience. Because overall, I didn't think it was bad at all. If anything, if you're a bit socially anxious, you know, and I definitely am, but I just covered up with being an extrovert. And that just runs the risk of saying the wrong things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind of that kind of took it away, you know, that kind of took the the awkward moments of walking in the room together, um, into the room together um, away. So don't waste energy on thinking about, oh, this should have been differently. Just focus on what's really in front of you and make the best out of that. That would be my words of advice, I'd say. Good closing words of wisdom. (laughs) From the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor's orders. You missed a prime opportunity there. (laughs) 
So in our next regular episode, we're going to talk about our first teaching experiences. Thank you for listening and thank you, Anne, for giving us all advice because I'll definitely be needing it <laughs> as well. Thanks, guys. Bye. This episode of PhD Pending was written and produced by Aideen Regan, Jennifer DeBee and me, Anna Mala. Get in contact with PhD Pending on Twitter at PhD Pending Pod or via email under PhD Pending Pod at gmail.com.